Lord, thanks for this opportunity to be here this morning. We've got a nice hour and a half together. Uh, pray for clarity and understanding, wisdom. Uh, we pray that your truth would shine through. Um, I also pray that for some of us, we could truly understand right where we are uh, what Lewis is trying to offer us um, in this argument for the existence of God. Pray your help to teach clearly. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Okay. Please work. Is it up there? All right. So I'm going to start with this. Uh, the covers in this are the older covers. You guys have the new editions for it. But we watched right up to where the guy in the documentary talked about Aslan, right? Okay. Yep, that, that one. But only for a few minutes. And so if you hold the book in front of you, it'll give you a few things to chew on here, okay? So let's listen. Sales of Narnia have old computers. with more than one million copies now sold annually. Oh and his non-fiction Christian writings are not only popular, they seem to appeal to Christians from all denominations. I think the basis of his widespread popularity with a PhD. is that his Christian faith was, as he called it, mere Christianity. It was basic Christianity. Basic. It was Christianity that created a un unifying element. And so Roman Catholics and Baptists and many others find there um, a reinforcement. What do you do with a, with, a, with a world full of people who say Jesus was a great teacher, yet they're saying he's not who he said he was? <laughs> he's a great teacher, but he's not God. And Lewis says, well, you know, how can he be a great man and a great teacher? You know, a wonderful man, a wonderful prophet, but yet not who he says he is. He's either a liar, he's a lunatic, or he's who he says he is. And what he could do for the brethren, all the brethren, Catholics, non-Catholics, Baptists, whatever, is to say, look, we've got so much in common. I'm not going to talk about your differences. I don't want you to think about your differences. Just while you're reading this book or listening to this talk, think about what you have in common. The pagan and Christian ages alike are ages of what Pausanias would call the Dromenon, the externalized, inactive idea. At the height of World War II, Lewis often spoke to the people of Great Britain over BBC radio. Several of his talks, including What Christians Believe, Christian Behavior, and Beyond the Personality, were eventually put into one non-fiction book and published under the title Mere Christianity. Like many of Lewis's writings, the concept was simple, inclusive, and unifying. He wrote, We are told that Christ was killed for us, that his death has washed out our sins, and that by dying he disabled death itself. That is the formula. That is Christianity. That is what has to be believed. Really basic. I think it, it appeals to a certain type of person. Uh, Lewis is writing a book uh, 
in an age when uh, in an age when naturalism or materialism philosophically speaking is is the reigning mindset the reigning spirit of the times and so he's trying to take things on in a very logical fashion and explain why uh, here's basic Christianity here's what it really looks like in the illustration in fact he uses in the book is is the idea of a hallway with many doors and the hallway which is common to all the doors all the rooms is mere Christianity and then out of that hallway you have different doors and so if the hallway is is mere Christianity or Christendom there's a door that goes into the Catholic Church and probably within that door you have some other doors of different sort of schools of thought within the Roman Catholicism hey nigga baby <laughs> there's a Protestant door for Presbyterians and Baptists and things like that but we all have in common this hallway with the Anglican or Episcopalian it cuts through all of the not denominational rubbish. I love that. All the dross that we have added to what, what Christ did and what Christ taught. Cuts through right to the nitty gritty of the matter and makes it so very simple for people to understand what Jesus was really all about. Lewis is saying that there's a common um, theological doctrinal tradition that runs through all the, the major um, Christian not denominations, um, traditions, the, the Greek Orthodox, the Orthodox tradition, the Roman Catholic tradition, and the Protestant tradition. Um, they all hold to a Trinitarian conception of God. They all hold to the, the Son of God becoming incarnate, you know, in a particular point Christmas. in history, um, and being incarnate for the purpose of our salvation, um, and that is for dealing with our sins. Easter. Lewis was able to convey his Christian message. There we go. Okay, so there's 23 minutes left in the video. So it's not, a it's not gonna take the whole class, but on Friday I'll have the, uh, the person start it, probably even back a few minutes, right? At 30 minutes in, so you can re-watch a little bit of that, mm -hmm. just to make sure you got it, and then you'll get to watch it for the rest of the class. There'll be some extra time, and I'm just gonna encourage that the sub to have you get any late homework done or read the book of John. Remember, you're reading through the Gospel of John by the end of the semester. All right, that'll be important as you head out. All right. We good? Yeah. Cool. What do you see a few things there? That book you're holding in front of you, or the book that's in front of you, Mere Christianity, there are bombs getting dropped on London during the World War, right? The bombs are dropping on London. They want to encourage the people in London who, like, next door is blowing up. They could die at any time. And they want to encourage people, so they're all hanging out by the radios looking for encouraging words. And one of the people who got to speak on the radio was C.S. Lewis. And what he's telling people over the radio when bombs are getting dropped on them are the opening chapters of this book. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. I wonder if that was happening in West Chicago and, Ch and you know, Chicago bombs are getting dropped on Chicago. Who would they get to talk on the radio? And what would they say? Would they, <laughs> I, I, I know. Like, would they talk about God and salvation and hope in Christ? Is like 
Well, I don't know about any of that per se. Maybe. Maybe there's people who aren't being honest with it all. But I think it's intriguing to think that the federal government, would they allow someone to do public broadcast of Christian ideas? You know, would that even be allowed? I, I, I wonder. Yeah, but back then in London, that's who they asked on the BBC public radio is a Christian. Yeah, you always say it. Makes you wonder how many people believe it or want it. But anyway, I think it's intriguing that that's who they chose, Lewis, and that's the book you have in front of you. It's kind of cool, right? Um, he made things really simple. The other thing that I hope you caught is he was trying to cut through denominational stuff. There's like thirty-three thousand denominations just in Christianity. There's more than that, actually. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're all one big family. What can we agree on, right? Thoughts or questions from that? Okay, so then let's get in the guidebook. You need a guidebook in front of you. If you don't have one, grab one of the extra ones because we're going to walk our way through stuff, okay? Go to page 95. I'm just going to highlight a few things from the preface. Um, 95 of the guidebook, all right? But in the preface, if you have your actual book, you can pull that out and you can um, use it. I have the old cover. Okay. Kathleen Norris has some great things that she says in her foreword, and then we've also just got the actual foreword itself that Lewis uh, writing about it. One of the things that I think is interesting is right. You know how it says discussion notes right there. Those two quotes above that. Let's look at these. It's not for us to say who, in the deepest sense, is not or not close to the Spirit of Christ. We do not see into men's hearts, we cannot judge, and are indeed forbidden to judge. It would be wicked arrogance for us to say that a man is or is not a Christian in this refined sense. I like Lewis here. We're told in the Bible not to judge whether or not someone's a Christian, which means actually whether or not they're saved. Why? It goes all the way back to that chair thing, and we all stood up in front of the chairs and we talked about faith. Why can't I judge whether or not you're saved? I don't know your heart. It's between who? You and God. That's it. So the Bible says don't judge each other. Lewis points out that, well, we can't really even do it. Like it's arrogant to think that I can judge someone else. Because I, I, there's no way for me to know their heart, right? Unfortunately, do Christians often judge each other? All the time. It's really sad, isn't it? Mm -hmm. it's, it's really sad. And it's painful, and it hurts. That's why I wanted to create a safe classroom here. Is that judging each other's salvation and judging each other's hearts is cruel. It hurts. And part of the problem is we can't even do it. So what do we do? Why do we even try? Especially when it hurts. Fair enough? But the next point I think is even more poignant. And we'll get to this a little bit more next semester. But even this, the name Christians was first given at Antioch to the disciples, those who accepted the teachings of the apostles, which means they believe that they're true. When a man who accepts the Christian doctrine but lives unworthily of it, it's much clearer to say that he's a bad Christian than to say that he's not a Christian. Did everybody catch that? Because remember, the salvation is, we, we looked at this with our worldview stuff. 
in Buddhism, in Islam, in other religions. You have to work and earn and please God and work hard to be saved and to be righteous or to be pure. How does it work in Christianity? God's grace. God's grace. You believe and you're saved. Remember the John 3.16 thing that I talked about? Where it was, John 3.16, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever works really hard, behaves really well, goes to church all the time, no, whosoever what? Believes shall not perish. Now, a lot of people forget, but the, the other crazy thing is Jesus Himself, and this is where you guys can look in your Action Bible, not right now, Jesus himself says in John 3, 14 and 15, you might have read it in my little book that I wrote for class. This is lowly worm. He's not a king. Right? But Jesus says right before that, just as Moses lifted up the snake on a pole, so shall the Son of Man be put up. Right? So remember, I think we had this in class. You're all dying from snake bites. Ready, go. Die from snake bites. Uh, okay, ready, go. You look at this and you what? No. Yeah, how hard was that? Ready? Don't look at lowly worm. Don't look at him. Look down. Ready? One, two, three. Look up at him. And you say, how hard is that? Not hard. It's not hard. I guess that's the key. It's not hard to be saved. Well, that's the, then you don't, then you're probably not going to look up at the snake, right? You know, you didn't get bit by a poison snake. If you don't feel like you have sin, if you've never, never done anything wrong in the eyes of God that you need to pay for, then you probably don't need to be saved. Does that make sense? Yeah. So there you go. And so I think that's the tension. But those who want to be saved, who want to hang out with God forever, Jesus made it what? Really simple, really easy. This quote, I think, is really important, though. I think Sia will probably have a word on this one as well, <laughs> right? But here's the key, is if you have someone who says, I believe in Jesus, I looked at Christ, I trust in Jesus, but they're really bad at being a Christian, maybe they're a jerk, or they gossip, or they lie, or they cheat, does that take away their salvation? Yeah. No. no, that's the key. It just means that, it doesn't mean they're not a Christian, it just means they're what? <laughs> They're not a real good one. They're not good at being a Christian. That's the other side of the coin is it's hard to be really like Jesus. Like being like Jesus is really hard to do. So good thing we're saved by grace. That's the whole point. Yeah. Wait, hold on, see Yeah. How can we judge others without being how can we judge others that you shouldn't judge without judging others first? You have to explain that one more time. Uh, if you're like, I'm sorry, man, you can't judge. I can't. Um, you're like bad, right? Yeah. But then, it's. But then you're like, you're not judging yourself at the same time. It seems a bit hypocritical. It's not a bit hypocritical. It's what? Very. It's very hypocritical. That's the whole point. Yeah, it's hypocritical. Does that make sense? That's why we're told we're forbidden to do it. We're not supposed to judge. Now, are we allowed to judge? someone's behavior if they say they're going to do something but they don't yes the bible does say to do that it says to correct and train and admonish and rebuke the bible says to do that. so if i say i am a christian but i'm not acting like one am i allowed to have someone say hey i'm not saying you don't believe in jesus 
but you did say you're going to try and act like a Christian and you're not. Am I allowed to do that? Yeah. yeah. That's like if I went off to the military and uh, I'm going to be a Marine. So let's say I become a Marine. I made it. I'm a Marine. But eventually, I don't know how to use my gun, I can't tie my shoes properly, and I can't run real fast. Would any of you want to go into battle with me? No, that'd be dangerous. Does it mean I'm not a Marine? No. No, it just means I'm what? I'm a bad Marine. I need to get my act together. Are we allowed to judge that? No. Well, yeah, we can judge that. It just means don't say I'm not a Marine. You can say I'm not good at being one. Are we tracking? So we just had all those Bible verses read over us yesterday. If you choose to trust Jesus as your Savior, you're in. You're a child of God. You've been transferred as a citizen to the kingdom of God. You're in. It's not based off your behavior. Got it? At this school and in a lot of Christian places, do other people ridicule us for our behavior? Yeah, that's hard. That's painful. But once you're in, you're in. And that's why Lewis does the next metaphor about the door and the family. The other thing that I believe and teach is that once you're in, you can't lose it. You've been sealed for the day of redemption. Your name is written in the book of life. You're a child of God. God won't disown you or unadopt you or let you go. So once you make the choice, you're in. The Bible supports that. It's pretty cool. It's a trust. It's a belief. It's a choice. Whew. But if you mess up your behavior, if you're not really good at it, you don't like going to church, it doesn't mean you lose your salvation. Yes, see ya. Okay, I have a question. So in South Africa, they do all things different. Okay. Yep. So in South Africa, a Christian is not allowed to drink. Mm-hmm. Like, have alcohol. Okay. A Christian is not allowed to smoke. A Christian is not allowed to not, like, decide not to, like, decide not to go to, um, or something but like going and then um since you said once you once you um you are saved you're saved for life yep people believe that when you backslide you won't make heaven again yeah that's not true the bible doesn't support that so when you backslide you won't make heaven of course why wouldn't you how many sins did jesus die for on the cross Every. all of them so when you backslide are those sins covered Backslide means to mess up or make mistakes oh. or you, you fall away. When, so see ya, when you mess up, is that sin covered? Yeah. How many of them? All of them. So we're done. Try <laughs> like check, it's like not not to make it that simple, but really it's what? That simple. Is there anything, Sia, that you can do to not be the daughter of your father? Uh mess up again in academy. No, but will you yeah. still be the daughter? See, no, keep going. Keep going. What if you hate your dad? You'll still be what? I'll still be the daughter. What if you believed a lie that you weren't his daughter? You'd still be what? His daughter. Will anything change that? No. That's what we're talking about right now. You've become a child of God. You're in his family. Does anything change that? Mm-hmm. Done. Does that make sense? Okay. So people who believe that have believed a lie. That's why we're in Bible class to clean up those lies. That's what we're doing. It says in Ephesians, you've been, we read it yesterday, you've been sealed by the Holy Spirit for the day of redemption. Sealed is like a signet ring. You're in the wax. Sealed. Nothing's going to change. It's actually, the better word is branded. 
What do they do with sheep and cows? They do what? They burn them, brand them, so that if the sheep gets lost, you can be like, hey, that, check out that sheep's butt. That one's mine, right? So I've been considering a tattoo, but I don't want to brand it on my butt, you know, big HS. Like, that's the whole point is you're sealed for the day of redemption. Nothing can take it away, right? Yeah. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Why Christians don't just kill themselves? They could. They could. Paul says, to live is Christ, to die is gain. So Christians could kill themselves and go to heaven. What? Yeah. No way. Really? Yeah, why? Wait, what? No, Mr. D? Wait, wait. Uh, because Christians can kill themselves and still go to heaven. Yeah, why would? See, wait, real quick. See, where's the Bible verse that says that they won't? Is, is suicide a sin? I've heard. Okay, it's a sin. Did that sin get taken on the cross? No, <laughs> no see it seriously. Totally serious. It's of course it's immoral. But no, it's immoral. But is the immorality of that sin taken on the cross by Jesus? How many sins are on the cross, you guys? All of them. Your bad behavior doesn't negate it. You, it's not your righteousness. It's whose righteousness? Christ. So wait, wait, let's go back to what Nick said, though. Could they do that? Yeah, they could. It's covered. But why would they not? What does Paul say? To live is Christ. If you don't have a good reason to stay alive as a Christian, going to heaven's way better. Do we have a good reason to stay alive? Yeah, yeah to love people, to bring the kingdom of God in here, to bring healing and hope, to share joy, to tell other people the good news. So if you took your own life, it'd be like, Jesus would be like, okay, you can come in, but I had all that awesome stuff planned for you to do on earth. Why'd you come here? Yeah, it'd be... It'd be really sad. We don't need to kill ourselves. Hey, you guys killing yourself, what's death? You're just gonna, death is a nap. You're just gonna go to heaven. So you, hopefully you have a good reason to stay here. Right? I mean, the sad thing about me sharing that truth is that some people think, oh, I guess I could kill myself. And it would be super tragic if people did, but I've been to several suicide funerals. I've had suicide in my own family. I've spoken at a suicide funeral. I've thought about this a ton. I've fasted and prayed and read scriptures several times. I've done research. The gospel is the gospel. It's really good news. Jesus' death on the cross covers how many sins? All of them. I, no, I'm so excited about that because you know what? Suicide funerals are so sad, and you know what? I mean, at least bring hope, saying they're covered by Jesus's blood. Oh, right? Amen. Wait, let's finish over here, though. So you're basically saying the reason we stay, the Christians stay on the earth, is because they. Uh, have the purpose of God. They yeah, they, they have a purpose for God. Exactly. But, but as it benefits themselves, no. Oh, it benefits me. I love teaching about God and sharing His kingdom. But, benefits well, me great. But for others, yeah, it does. Why? Because it's the best way to live. Go ahead. <laughs> we're not looking to. We're not looking for benefits for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, it's not just a benefit for myself. But if is God's way to live the best way to live? I think so, so that I get to live God's way. Is that a best way? If that's the best way for me to live, like Raquel says, I'm not doing it just to benefit me, but will it be a benefit to me if I live for God? 
But ju just imagine there is a heaven. Yeah. You can have perfect life there. You, you exactly. don't need to worry about the eat and drinks you have, like You're right. the five star hotels. You You're know? right. Why just don't live in that life? Well, I'm going to be able to spend there forever. We What's 60 years? There it is. There it is. You ain't ready. Wait, Rick, Raquel. I mean, I mean, but wait, no, no. Connect that with allegory to cave, Raquel. Yeah, people See? come back to the cave to take more people out. There it is. Look at that. So I get to help more people experience heaven forever. That's so fun. I, I'm going to end up there. That's no problem. And actually, what Raquel is saying too, is I get to help people out. But if I really understand what Christianity is saying, I get to bring heaven where? Into the cave. Ooh. But what about the jerk Christians? Yeah, they, that stinks, doesn't it? Yeah, but why don't they just kill themselves? They could. It'd be sad. Hopefully they would just learn the truth of Christ and find freedom and hope. Yeah, but yeah. it's the same thing if you would say, like, I don't want to offend anyone, but, like, if I'm going to just kill myself and I'm going to go to heaven, then, like, why don't you just kill yourself if you know that you're going to heaven? Mm -hmm. Like, it kind of... I don't want to offend you or like confuse you, but like it's just against our human nature to just yeah. kill ourselves. Yeah, well, we want life. We want to live. So I think that's a great point, but there. The other side of that is suicide's really painful for the people left behind. It's yeah. really selfish. It's really painful. It hurts the people around you. I've been a part of families with that. It's been in my own family. It really is painful and selfish. And so that's why a lot of people don't want to kill themselves because it hurts the people around them. It makes life miserable. Death is so painful, right? And we could be happy that they're in heaven, but it's still so painful. But that'd be like saying, hey, life is absurd and meaningless. When you die, you're done. So why does an atheist just kill himself? Wait, but there well, is also meaning. Meaning. I mean, some atheists believe that they make all meaning. Yeah. Make all meaning. yeah, so what happens when life is really, really hard? Just kill themselves. Just kill yourself, right? But wait, real quick. What happens with a Christian when life is really, really hard? Yeah, you can find redemption and healing and hope, and God can use suffering to help build his kingdom. And so he can also help you in the hard things. So there is a difference. When life is hard and you're a Christian, well, that's, you have hope that you're going to end up in heaven so you can still endure life and try and help people here. When life is hard and you're an atheist, well, then just kill yourself. There's a but it's interesting in Eastern cultures, suicide, right? Especially among some of the samurai culture, is an honored thing. It's honored. Talk to Mr. Lehman about that. He has a whole two classes on it, and they talk about the fact that it would be an honor to take your own life in that culture because if you didn't achieve perfection, then you just end it, or you admit defeat and you just take your own life. Versus in Christianity, suicide is going to feel so different because you can stay on the planet and still build God's kingdom. You have hope and you have... I love what you said, Nick. There's God's purpose. And that's what Raquel was talking about. God's purpose. I'm not living for myself. We read yesterday on the screen, you've been bought with a price. You've been ransomed. Christ saved me. That inspires me to help share that amazing, loving news. If someone jumped in front of a car to save your life so that you could keep living, would you be grateful? Yes. Yeah. Well, God saved me. He saved my life. He died on a cross for me. 
I'm really grateful for his loving sacrifice. I want to honor that sacrifice. He died so I can live. I'm grateful for that. And so be like, well, that's not real. No, no, no. For me, it's like he jumped in front of a car and saved me. Pretty amazing. I'm very grateful. I'm not just going to kill myself after that. He saved my life so I could stay alive. We got a couple of hands up. Let's do one. See his head or hand up for a while, and then we'll go here. Yeah. What? In our church, they did this um, drama as performance. So they were like, the name has been erased in the book of life. Yeah. I actually think that's probably why you're sitting in my classroom today. See, I'm not joking. You sat in that church and you learned a lie. And now you get a chance right before Christmas to learn the truth. Right? Does that make sense to you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so what you, I would love for you to do is to pray about that, reject that lie, and embrace the truth. The tr I mean, the fact that your name can't be erased, is that good news? No. <laughs> or is it good news that your name will get erased if you mess up? Uh, Which is good news? Exactly. So what is the gospel? The gospel is what type of news? Um, good, news. good news. Okay, there we go. <laughs> if it's not good news, then it's probably not the gospel. <laughs> right? So, hey, I grew up, Sia, and I learned something very similar. I learned that I had to earn God's grace, which, <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing. I'm like, it sounds so silly. Like, I have to earn my birthday present. What? But I, I really believe that, and I had to let go of the lies, too, right? So I'm so glad you're sitting here today. God brought you from Africa to hang out with us. That's so great. <laughs> Yay, Priscilla. Let's give it up for Priscilla. <laughs> right. Thanks for waiting. What do you got? Yeah, life and is suffering. Why is it like so painful for the families and friends if when you think that um, yeah. they need you to be able to help them? Yeah. Uh, that's why when I speak at a funeral for a suicide, I do two things. I've done it twice. And when it's a Christian, I can still offer everybody in the congregation what? Hope. Usually people who commit suicide are not doing real well. They're really sad, they're really lonely, they're hurt, they're in pain, they're overwhelmed, they're scared, they have anxiety, except like all those things, right? And so guess what's done for them? All that's done. And I'm glad they're in heaven and they're at peace. Does that make sense? So I usually share that. I'll say, I'm glad they're out of their suffering. And so is everybody, right? Mm -hmm. But the other side of that is, ah, I wish we could have helped this person not be in so much pain and suffering, because do we have hope for someone, not just in heaven, but when? Right now. So I try to say, who? If there's anybody out there who's in this type of pain and suffering, let's try to get hope now so you don't have to feel like you have to go to heaven to get it. We get to bring heaven here. And then I often encourage everybody in the audience who's really sad that they lost their brother or friend or dad or sister or cousin because we love them and we want them to be around. And so we cry over that because it's really painful that they're gone. Right, does that make sense? So I usually do all three. But that's different if they have rejected Jesus, isn't it? Yeah. Or it's different if they don't have hope of heaven and they killed themselves, right? 
See why worldview is such a big deal. It's such a big deal. This is one of the reasons why I'm glad we have this class, though, is we get to talk about very real questions like suicide. The suicide rates, I just found out two days ago from official stats in our country, in the United States of America, suicide is the number two cause of death in America. It's not number one. Oh, number one is heart attacks, which actually, ironically, it's hypertension, hyperstress. So the number one is anxiety. People get heart attacks. Number two is suicide. That did not used to be the stat, and it's changing because people are getting going more and more that way. To me, it's saying ah, we need to give people hope and a good reason to stay. If we don't have a good reason to stay, then we're going to find lots of reasons to what? Leave. <laughs> We've got to. That's why worldview is so important. Get me all fired up here. <laughs> if we don't have a purpose to live and life gets hard, we're going to want to check out. I have a purpose to live when life gets really, really hard. To live is Christ. To die is gay. I want to help people get out of the cave. I want to help people, like even just see her right there. I want to help let, get rid of fear of losing your salvation. You don't have to live with that kind of fear. Jesus has got your back. He's got you. For the re you are, I'll see you in heaven 100% guaranteed. I want to stick around and help as many people find hope and joy as possible. If they don't take it, they're not going to take it. But I'm going to do everything I can. For me, that's a good reason to stick around. I get to hang out with you guys. You get to have donuts on Wednesday mornings. <laughs> I know we'll get donuts in heaven. And they'll probably be better. Well, maybe not. Those are pretty good. Though. <laughs> Right, but did you see what's going on? Why this worldview thing is such a big deal. It matters. It really does. Frodo's had his hand up for a while. And then we are going to shift and talk a little bit more about some of this stuff. But yeah. So can you define the notion that you're yourself and doing this? Uh, you could. You could. People call it self-slaughter is what they call it. Um, so you could call it murder. Yeah. Okay. So in the Bible, okay. Yep. It does. It says you shouldn't do it. It says you shouldn't do it, but do people do it? Yeah, if, if you want a better verse than that for a reason not to kill yourself, and we call it murder, you can go to where Paul says in several of his letters that neither the murderer or the drunkard or the sexually immoral or the gossiper or whatever, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. So it says that in like five different places. Does that make sense? And is suicide in that then? Murder, yeah. So it says they won't inherit the kingdom of God. You're, they won't. But here's the key. If they're not what? Saved. Saved. That's the thing. So the key there is that you're not supposed to do it. But in the Old Testament, if you murdered, then you would be in big trouble with God unless you did what? What did they, what'd they have to do in the Old Testament? Anybody know? Remember Judaism? If you murdered and then you did the sacrifice, would you be clean? Yeah. So the whole point of this now is that we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's what Paul writes. So we've all sinned. We've all done something. It doesn't matter if it's murder or stealing at the lunch line. We've all messed up. So if we were all Jewish, we'd have to go do what? Yeah, sacrifice a bunch of sheep or doves or goats or whatever. And finally, Jesus is like, okay, okay, stop killing all the animals. <laughs> right? I was going to write a kid's book about Easter with all the little sheep who are like, yeah, 
Yeah. Why are the sheep all so happy that Jesus died? They don't have to die anymore. Like, no, stop killing all the sheep. All the little sheep are having a party. I got to make that book, right? They're all like, yes, these Jewish sheep are so, and the goats and the sheep are having parties. Because Jesus died, so therefore we don't have to do what? Die, and nor do the sheep. He did it for us. Does that make sense? So it's like, thank you. That's Easter. We'll study that more at Easter. Christmas is about Jesus coming to the planet to do that, right? A couple more thoughts, and then we got to just kind of keep it rolling. It's been a good discussion. Yes? Okay, so I think it's a terrible thought, but it, it makes sense because, like, so imagine a Christian family. Yeah. One person want to leave. That's selfish. Yeah, it's selfish. Bad to his family. Yeah. So why don't he just bring all his family and leave? So kill them all? Yeah. He could. From Christian standing point, actually, that is a better action than just leave alone. Well, no, not better, not better, because you you just took away someone's free will. What if they wanted to stay? That's not kind. What if I forced you to do something you didn't want to do? Is that nice? No. No. But, <laughs> huh? But, but it's just like the the um, Chinese parents. They yeah. For why why you go go and have school? Because a lot of us don't want to have school, but. We are forced by our parents. This is, this is better for you it's in better. the future. They forced, yeah. They're forcing it on you, right? And they believe it's better for you. But remember, yeah. Paul says, if you're a Christian, see, that's the thing. It's like, it's going to be hard. Not, I hope you understand what I'm saying. It's going to be really hard for you to understand this uh, uh, unless you are inside of Christianity to see it with that worldview. Does that make sense? So I'm going to do my best to explain it. But see, I'm on the inside. And I know that going to heaven is going to be way better, but I love my life right here, right now, to get to help other people. So I'd be really sad if you killed me to send me to heaven, because I wouldn't see that as better. Because guess what? I'm already kind of living in heaven right now, because I've got God in me and God with me. So I don't need to go to heaven for it to be better. I can stay here and love my life and have good purpose, and knowing that when I die, I'm just going to end up in heaven. It's going to, I'm going to be with God still. So you're not really doing anything better for me. So please don't kill me. <laughs> to think that it's better. Because I don't need to go to heaven to have a great existence. I've already got a great one right now. Even though it's hard. But see, you won't understand that unless you are inside of Christ and inside of Christianity seeing it with those eyes. From the outside, your logic makes sense. But it's not all about logic. Is that you tracking with me? Because here's the other side to say it. That'd be like me looking at you and saying, well, when life's hard, just kill your life because then it's done. But what could happen? It could get what? It could get better later, couldn't it? You could win a million dollars. They could find a cure to the sickness. You, you could end up going on a cruise and it changes your life and you have a great, or you get a perfect job. Like, so it, just because it's hard in the moment doesn't mean it's, your life's not gonna get a little bit better later, right? Well, that's the same for me. Just because sometimes it's hard doesn't mean it's going to get better. The beauty for me is I know that it will always get better. I've got heaven in front of me waiting. So I might as well just enjoy what I can right now. And then that goes back to Allegory of the Cave. Are there people who I love, even in the room, who it's worth staying on earth for 
to help them understand hope and truth. Because heaven always better than the earth. It better be. <laughs> although, although, there's things on earth that you can't get in heaven. Yeah. Ready? There are people who don't believe in Jesus on earth. Is that in heaven? No. No. So is there a good reason to stay here? Yes. Yeah. A really good reason to stay here. Like, here's where I would say, don't send me to heaven yet, because when I get to heaven, I can't tell people about Jesus anymore. Most of my best friends are not Christians. Yeah. So don't send me to heaven. I want to hang out with them while I can. Exactly. Does that make sense, Nick? Like, don't, don't. So then that you, you're the logic of, oh, it's better to go to heaven just now. Well, yes, because heaven doesn't have pain and suffering. But no, I want to stay here and help people understand Jesus and truth and hope and get out of the cave and, and understand a better worldview and that what I believe to be true, I want them to understand it. Now, if I'm wrong when I die, I at least had a good time trying to figure it out. <laughs> if you could find a way to, I'm just going to get something out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you could find a way to eat all the donuts you wanted <laughs> without getting fat or unhealthy or yeah, sick. Yeah. Wouldn't you share it with everyone? Everyone who likes donuts. <laughs> Is that good news? Mm, <laughs> it's hard for me to understand. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Well, I mean, your favorite food. Yeah, but something that you really enjoyed and you could yeah. just share it with everybody. Would you want to share it? Yeah. Yeah, because you're a nice guy. Yeah. If you didn't share it, it would be kind of selfish, wouldn't it? It's an infinity card practice. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, I want to share them. Yeah, because it makes other people happy too. Yeah. Which makes who happy? Yourself. You, you like, you're a nice guy, Nick. I know you enough. You're a really nice guy. You'd like to share you care about people. And Raquel is saying, I have friends who don't know about Jesus. I want to share that with them because it's so cool. I've made it my career to teach about this cool stuff because I love it and I love people. I want more people to have a chance to know it. I, and that's why I try to make it safe. I can't make you believe it. You don't have to believe it. But I sure like believing it. It's got really good purpose and it's really fun and it gives me lots of hope. I want to make it as nice and clear as possible, right? I mean, even for Sia today. How's that feel, Sia? Good. Yeah, it feels good to know some more truth that brings freedom, right? Mm -hmm. Now, that was kind of fun for me to share with my friend Sia. If I was in heaven, I wouldn't have been able to share that with her. Yeah? Yeah. You're awesome, by the way. You have such incredible questions. You're a super smart dude. <laughs> yeah? Um, why do we need to humble ourselves to Jesus? Wait, I can't hear you. Um, why do we need to humble ourselves to Jesus? Even, like, the kingdom of heaven. Why do we need to what? Humble ourselves. Commit ourselves? Well, that's, that's going to be next semester. You guys are dipping into next semester. So do this I love that's why I brought this up. 
By the way, this almost always explodes. In all my senior classes, we get to this quote and it explodes. It did last, it did two weeks ago when we talked about this quote. They're like, wait a second. They're like, what? And that's why I do it. And if we get to the moral argument, we get to it. If we don't, we don't. But this, like, this is before that. And look at what just one quote from C.S. Lewis can do. But I like what you brought up. See, I believe there's a difference between believing in Jesus and being a disciple of Jesus. Believing in Jesus changes your identity. It makes you a citizen in heaven. He makes you one of his kids, right? So you're in. Do you have to follow him and be a disciple in order to go to heaven? No. So is that your question? Why do we have to do it? Well, the, the, the cool thing is, is do you have to? No. There's so many verses in the Bible that say, the Son has set you free, you're free indeed. You are free to live your life how you want to. So you can believe in Jesus and not necessarily be this big, huge Christian and still go to heaven. He's made that available. A lot of people are like, that's not fair. He doesn't make us do stuff. No, see, you get, some of us are about to catch it. This is a philosophy class. What you're learning, some of you are learning what grace is. But you're asking about why he chooses to save us by grace. You see the difference? See, and before, this is why the suicide talk makes so much sense. As a pastor, I could say, you're going to burn in hell if you commit suicide. Well, A, I lied. B, why might I say that to people? They to want donations. They want some money. They get scared. And I don't want people to kill themselves. So what I use is fear. Right? I use fear to make them not kill themselves. Well, we don't want to be motivated. Who wants to be motivated by fear? God, God is, what was that? I mean, the hell is kind of like a fear. Like it's fear. So look what happens. You look at the snake on a pole. You trust in Jesus, no more hell. So what should be gone? Everybody heard that song? I'm no longer a slave to fear. What's the next line? Because I'm a child of God. I don't have to be afraid of going to hell anymore. You don't have to be, like, this is where some of us, the gospel message is, hey, if you want to trust in Jesus so you don't go to hell, can you? Well, that's what I'm saying. If you don't believe in him, say that again. It is manipulating it, except for the fact that it's, it's not meant to manipulate you. That's just telling you the truth. That's like saying, if you say that 2 plus 2 equals 5, you're what? You're just wrong. If you don't trust in Jesus, how will you get to heaven, is the question. But no, think about it. If you don't trust God to make you pure and righteous, how are you going to make yourself pure and righteous? This is why we're in philosophy class. What are the other options on how to get to heaven? What do you got to do? Make yourself perfect. How's that going to go? <laughs> See, Jesus isn't being mean here. He's just saying, if you want to hang out in heaven... This is where perfection is. The only way you're in is if you got to be what? You got to be perfect. So you got to make yourself perfect, Buddhism. Or. Yeah, the other option is to have God make you perfect, which, how is he going to do that? Well, someone's got to pay for all your sins. If you want someone to pay for your sins, it better be what? A perfect person because then they can perfectly pay for all your sins. Does that make sense? Click, click, click. 
That's why God comes. He's perfect. He dies for all your sins. He says, here it is as a gift. And you say, sweet, I'll take it. Or, nope, I don't want it. Well, then is God sending those people to hell? He's not sending them to hell. People are what? They're choosing it. They're saying, I don't want to go to heaven. I'm choosing hell. Does that make sense? That's what's going on. Is they're saying, I reject your gift. I don't want your Christmas gift. I don't want the birthday gift. Yeah. Well, there are other options. There are other options. What are the other options? What are all the other worldviews? But all the other worldviews say the same thing. Atheism says the same thing. You have two options in atheism. You just die or just die. So actually, in atheism, do you even have any options? What are your options? Yeah, so in atheism, there's one option. In Christianity, you at least get two options, which means you have a what? You at least get to make a choice. Buddhism, you have two options. But really, do you have any options in Buddhism? No. You do. You can cease to exist or make yourself perfect. Those are your options. See, don't just point at Christianity for being exclusive. All the religions are exclusive. Every single one. And actually, atheism is the most exclusive because you have no options and you have no choice. There's no free will and you have no options. You just die. <laughs> right? Like, does that make sense? I mean, again, I'm not being mean. This is just worldview class. Let's just line up all the worldviews and you get to make your choice. Although, but ironically... Hell is worse than to stop existence. Some, some people would agree. Some people would agree. Hell is worse than stop existence, but is heaven worth stop existence? Is heaven better than stop existence? Who knows? Uh, it better be awesome. Yeah, better be. Though. It Who better knows? be awesome. It better be awesome. Now, are there any cool things on the planet? Yeah, There's I some mean, cool I, stuff on the if planet. I, if I don't, in Christianity, actually is saying, if I don't choose to believe in it, I must go to hell, but I cannot choose to stop existing. Oh, yeah. yeah, I know. Look at that. That's a hard one, isn't it? That's Actually, why we have a worldview class, because somebody's right and somebody's wrong. And so either you can't... That's Actually, you guys know what you just did? You guys ever heard of Hamlet in Shakespeare? Hamlet? What's his big, famous question? Come on, anybody? To be... or not, what's, the, what's the question? To exist or not to exist? That is the question. It's here. That's why it's the fam- most famous piece of literature on planet Earth. <laughs> Because we're here right now, 14, 15-year-olds, asking it right here in philosophy class. Which, thank you, C.S. Lewis. (laughs) He was an atheist for a long time, and he realized he had no options as an atheist. Which was weird, because does he have options? Can he make choices? So that's why it's like atheism doesn't even work. For him. For him. You guys are doing awesome. You're asking all the right questions. It's amazing. You're, no offense to my seniors, but you guys are like, you're bringing it in. I was nervous teaching this to freshmen. I'll be really honest. I was nervous because I was like, are they really going to think like this? Are they going to ask the real questions or do I have to like spoon feed it all of And you guys are coming in with like tanks, big, huge atomic bomb questions. <laughs> Which are awesome. It's th- you're asking the real questions of this class. I hopefully this is helping you.
flesh it out. Do you see why we spent two months on worldview, though? See, now the worldview allows us to really look at the questions and look at our options. You get to pick which one you want to go for. I would even go so far as to say is if you want to talk about suicide as an atheist, do you even have a choice for it? No, so it's like a train that's just going to crash. You had your hand up for a while, and then we'll do a couple more. Just going to keep going, maybe a few more minutes. And then I think we probably need to take a break from this discussion and go home and think about it a little bit. But yeah? Is this more on the morality side? Is that okay? What? Is this more on the morality side? Well, that's what we're going to talk about next. That's actually the next issue. Oh, uh, Brian, you want to yeah. ask a question first? Let's save the morality one, one because that's the moral argument for the existence of God, which is a perfect setup for what we're talking about. So let's do Brian Frodo, and then we'll call it a day. Or Phyllis, did you have your hand up for a while? You did. Let's do Phyllis, because I saw her hand up first. Yeah, go for it, Phyllis. Yeah. Agnostic. Yeah, agnostic says they don't believe in anything. But what's the problem? How, why did I start? Yeah, they have a trust list. So they still trust their brain which says they can't believe anything, which is that suicide of thought chapter. I don't believe anything. Well, you're trusting that, you're believing that you don't believe anything, which means you believe something. So it doesn't even really work. So I think this, this is not, uh, this kind of worldview. It's a type of worldview. What I would call the agnostic, though, is that they have a trust list. It's just, how big is it? Big. It's really short, but they're going to trust themselves. They're going to trust their brain. They're going to trust the world, they're going to trust their thoughts, right, does that make sense? They still have a trust list, they still have a worldview. Most agnostics are either theist or atheist. Yeah. Because they really do believe, they say they don't believe anything, but they do, so they're lying to themselves, which is the problem. That's why I, I, I start with the class on that. Say, so if you're an agnostic, that's fine, you can be one, but really you have a trust list and you believe stuff. Does that make sense? All right, Brian Frodo, and then we're going to move on. Uh, uh, well, you said something that um, someone or something uh, used fear to kill like people. Yeah, I was going to come back to that, yeah. Um, don't like um, also uh, like uh, political people like... They use fear. They use it too, because like Donald Trump, doesn't he use it too with the, uh, like the Mexicans? Well, yeah. Like but a lot of people use fear to motivate people. I mean, not just Trump. I mean, but like lots of political leaders use fear to motivate people. But we do it. We do it in our own political system because sometimes people won't listen or they won't choose to be kind. So, like, if you're going to drive 75 miles an hour downtown, we're going to give you a ticket. Are you afraid of that consequence? Yes. Yes. So fear is not necessarily always a bad motivator. It's just God is a God of love. And he doesn't want you to be motivated to love him back out of what? Fear. So he takes, the, he takes hell off the table. And now, going all the way back to the original question about discipleship, why go to church? Why serve the poor? Why read your Bible? Why love people? Not because you're going to go to hell. You do it. Why now? Because it naturally comes to you. Yeah, because you want to. Because it's natural. Because you're nice. But you don't have to be motivated by fear anymore. That's why God saves us by grace. 
I like that. Even if it's not true, <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing, but even if it's not true, I like that concept that I don't want my wife to be married to me out of fear. I want her to be married to me because she wants to be married to me because she loves me. Does that make sense? I don't want you to be in this class because you have to be in this class. I want you to be in this class because you want to be in this class. Does that make sense? What have I done with most of the grades in this class? How hard is it to get an A? Um, Not real. You do the assignments and you get the A because I've tried to take even the fear of the grade off the class. You just do the work and you get the A. Let's not worry about grades anymore. Let's just try to what? Let's just try to learn because we want to learn. Does that make sense? So now, once you believe in Jesus, you're in. Now you get to decide. You're free to choose if you are going to be a disciple or not. You don't have to. You're free to love him. You don't have to. But isn't that the same in your friendships? Don't you want your friends to want to go out with you? Not like, you're going to get grounded if you don't go out with her. That's weird, right? You want them to want. Well, if we get that, who else gets it? God. God says, I don't want you to be afraid of hell. I died for all your sins. You believe I'm going to save you, I will. Done. Now, what are you going to do about it? You're going to stick around on the planet and help people learn more truth? You're going to be loving and kind? You don't have to. I'm not going to punish you for that. But you can if you want to. I think that's cool. I see it in my life. Those are my favorite kind of relationships. Mr. Lehman doesn't have to give me hugs or be my friend. He wants to. I like that, right? No offense, but like the administration, they're paid to be nice to me. It's their job. Mr. Lehman is not paid to be nice to me. Do you guys see the difference? God doesn't want to pay you off to make you love him. You don't have to love him. You can still go to heaven. See what's going on? That's why, are there bad Christians? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there are. That doesn't mean they're not a Christian. They're just bad at it. Right? Think of the real quick, and then we'll do Frodo's thought. One last thought on this. Anybody know the prodigal son story? Yeah. Have you heard yeah. that one? Yeah. Read about it in your action Bible. There's two kids, the older kid and the younger kid. The younger kid gets all the money, goes off, wastes it, spends it, ends up in a pigsty, and then does what? goes back because he's still what? A son. It didn't change it. And the dad was like, throw him a party. I love this guy. Right? So there we go. Do you have to do it? No. So I will say this as a parting shot. If you don't think being a Christian is the best way to live and being a disciple is the most coolest, best, awesomest thing to do, that's going to be hard to follow Jesus, isn't it? Because you're going to probably do something that you think is better. Right? So that's, that's why we have a whole second semester. If you don't think it's really cool, well, no wonder you're not doing it. <laughs> but do you have to? No. He still loves you. Nothing you do will change his love for you. You don't even have to love him back. He still loves you. I know. Isn't that cool? Makes you wonder. It actually says, it actually says later that he created everything on the earth, in the earth, and above the earth. So it does. He created everything. So. But the beginning talks about the Bible is a story about which planet? The earth. So that's why it talks about the earth. 
there might be other stories for other planets. Yeah, it, it makes me wonder if there's other planets with other creatures on it that God loves. I think that's awesome. I love that. Isn't that cool? Yeah, that's so cool. God's a really big God. Can he create other things? He's really big. Okay, Frodo, thanks for waiting. But yeah, that's fine. I think it's good that we uh, we started there. We can wrap it up there. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, Mark four. Go for it. Well, it's that, uh, the unforgivable sin is blaspheming the Holy Spirit. That's yeah. the one unforgivable sin. Right. And, that, and that it shows that it comes from the devil. Yeah, coming from the devil, almost all sin comes from the devil. Most of it does, not all of it. So that means, so I feel this as you kill yourself and unforgivable. Well, no, unforgi- but it says in the Bible, unforgivable sin is blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Blaspheming the Holy Spirit means, blasphemy, blaspheme means to call yourself God. Okay, I've only met one person in my life who's ever called themselves God. Why did they kill Jesus? They killed Jesus because he did what? Called himself God. That's what blasphemy is. That's the unforgivable sin. The reason why it's unforgivable is because if you believe you're God, are you going to ask for forgiveness? No. So by nature, you can't forgive a person who won't receive it. Does that make sense? That's why it's unforgivable. Suicide, murder, all the other sins are forgivable. Um, even if they come from the devil. I can give you something real quick. Um, in the Old Testament, King Saul, you'll read about it in your Action Bible, King Saul kills himself, right? Here's what's strange, is earlier, King Saul went to a witch and brought up Samuel's spirit. Samuel is in heaven because he's a prophet of God. And Samuel says to King Saul, Later you will be with me. Where is Samuel? Heaven. Saul kills himself. Where does he go? Samuel himself says, you're going to be with me. We even have biblical evidence that you could kill yourself and still go to heaven. Right? It's a sin. You're right. It's a sin. But that's the whole point. All sin is taken on the cross by Jesus. All of it. Every single one. Now, if you don't let Jesus take your sin, then it stays where? On you. Yeah, well, but remember, all I'm using is the Bible verses. Does that make sense? It's all the Bible verses. So, All right, let's keep going. Great job. You guys are awesome. Great discussion. This will be some good table talk at night for dinner. <laughs> Woo! But, but I actually think what we finally did here is after all these worldviews, do you now see the Christian worldview? It's a different worldview. You don't have to take it. The reason why I'm teaching it and why I believe it is it's a pretty cool worldview. Right? God saves you because of love. He saves you out of grace. He gives you purpose and meaning. He even covers suicide. Like, that's amazing. Grace is crazy. It's really good. It gives you life and hope and joy. It's a perfect sacrifice. He makes you righteous. You have to do it on your own. That's the world view. C.S. Lewis finally saw it 
after he had rejected it for 17 years. He's like, I like this worldview. This is pretty cool. It even creates options. You can pick it heaven or hell versus no options, right? Like, so I think we just covered a lot of different things that culminate in, even for Sia, the good news. The good news, the gospel message, the good news is Jesus died, like Lewis just said, he died for your sins, disabled death itself. You're good. Those who trust that on, if you put that on your trust list, you're in. This quote that started this whole discussion was, even if I mess up or I'm not very good at it or I don't want to act like a Christian, I'm still what? I'm still in. That's a pretty good deal. Like that's like, <laughs> I don't know. That's like someone saying, we got an amazing party over here with amazing food and here's a free ticket. You want the ticket? Yes or no? Um, yes or no? I do. All right, like yes or no. If you want the ticket, you got it. You're in. You get to come, right? Yeah. 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 If all of our sins are saved by God and taken by God, why does the devil tempt us? Exactly. He's sorry, but I have to be careful. Like it's pretty dumb, isn't it? <laughs> can he steal you? Can anything separate you from the love of God? Paul writes. Neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor demons, all this stuff. Nothing is separated from God's love. So what is Satan trying to do? He's trying to mess your life up. What a jerk. He's a jerk. He's cruel. Do you, what do bullies do? They bully. Why do they bully? Yeah, insecurity, cruel, right? I think Satan has a major insecurity problem. He doesn't want to go alone. He's mad. He's angry. He tries to ruin your life. But can he really ruin your life? No, because no, God's big enough to redeem all the stuff he tries to touch. And he only really has authority to bother you if you let him. If you tell him to go away in the name of Jesus, he what? He has to. Right? Does that make sense? So that's just a great wake-up moment. It's like, hey, wait a second. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of God. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Right? So you just got to kick Satan's butt out. Tell me. Yeah. Until a point where he removes God, what, um, what application of you know like, uh, can Satan use temptation to draw you away from God? He can. That's the. You guys remember the brother Ben story? Yeah. Would if Ben had died a shaman, I still see him in heaven. Why? He's a child of God. So what did Satan do with Ben? Sucked him into shaman land. That's all he could really do. Could he, could he take away his salvation? No. no. So Ben has to make a choice. Live my life as a shaman or live my life as a disciple of Jesus? Well, which one's better? Does that make sense? So Satan will try to ruin your life. That's why we look at the Bible. That's why we have discipleship time. That's why we have chapel time. That's why we have a Christian school is to help you reject those lies and not let them trick you and try to ruin your life. He really can't ruin it because God can always redeem it and save it and help you. But that's why I don't do drugs. That's why I don't just like mess around with sexual stuff or look at porn. It's because all Satan's trying to do is ruin my life with that stuff. Am I gonna let him do that? That's dumb. I'm not gonna whatever. I'm not gonna let him ruin my life with that stuff or ruin my family. I got better things to do than let him try to ruin my life. Right? Yeah. 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 
Yeah, he said, he, when he was a young kid, he said, Jesus, will you save me? And what did Jesus say? Yeah. Will, will God keep his promise? He never come. If he never knew Christianity beforehand, no. He knew Christianity, and then he goes to shaman. Yeah. And yeah. Then he never go back to yeah. Then what? Then yeah. Ready? Let me give you a quick example. Mr. D, what citizen am I? Yes. I'm an American citizen. Let's say I go to where are you from? China. Are you China? I go to China. I start dressing in Chinese clothing. I eat Chinese food. I learn to speak Chinese. I get, you know, I I get Chinese clothing. Yeah, I, I do. I change my face. I get surgery. I get Chinese car, Chinese house, Chinese tea, all that stuff. I do all that, and then I die. I'm still. I die. What citizen? I'm American. What? I can change it. I think that's the interesting thing. I can change it, right? Exactly. But here's the thing. I could change it, right? If I'm going to change my citizenship of heaven, who do I got to talk to about that? Got to talk to God about that. The devil can't do it. I got to talk to God about that. And you know what? Let's say Ben and God had a conversation and Ben said, I don't want to go to heaven. Please don't ever take me there. Well, then maybe he wouldn't go there, but that's not what Ben was doing. Ben was just angry at Christianity and mad and frustrated, and he went off to be a shaman and didn't know what he was doing. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So, yeah? We can have a real quick clarification, yes or no? Yeah. So, if we, like, accepted God when we were a child and yeah. we reject him, Later. are we still saved? Yeah, well, that's why you would end up in heaven. All your sins would be cleared off. All your rejection would be pardoned. And then God's going to be like, you want to come in or not? What do you think he'll say? Okay, <laughs> I see what's going on. Like, You want to come into heaven or not? You do? Great. That's why I saved you from all that stuff you did. And yeah, you rejected me. What did Jesus say? Those of you who know the story, while they were putting nails into his hands. Well, yeah, why have you forsaken me? But what did he say to the people who were killing him? Father, what? Forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. They were rejecting him, and he still did what? He forgave him. In our church, like in our, our church, because I don't go to uh, Methodist church, but I went to the Methodist, Methodist. Methodist church with my dad, and they have all the seven words that it says in one day. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's fun to see that the stations of the cross. We'll do some of that in Easter time. Madeir. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, what was that? They did it in like four hours, I think. Uh-huh. Powerful. Very powerful. Yeah, that. I love those stations of the cross stuff. You get to see what he said and what he went through at the end. It's so powerful. Especially having mom there. Yeah. Oh, mom. Very. Madeir, what do you got? Yeah. Every single day of my life. Yeah. And I know and I'm aware that I'm sinning. Yeah. I know that I'm sinning. Yeah. I'm keep doing the best. Keep going. Go I, big. Go big. Yeah. I still believe in Jesus because I sin. I sin. I do drugs. I drink alcohol. I abuse. You murder. I, drugs, I murder. Yeah. And then I just die and I don't have time to 
Well, you already did ask for God for forgiveness. When did you do that? And how much of your sin is covered? All of it. Yeah. Picture, picture God the Father on the throne. He's judging everybody's sin. And then it talks about how Jesus is our propitiation. So picture Jesus with a big tennis racket standing right next to God. And your sin is going up to God. And what does he do? He just whacks it. Sin's going up. And God the Father's like, look, Madeira sinned. And what does Jesus go? Whack. 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 Uh, now, that's not what he's doing. He's actually standing in front of your sin on the cross. And every time you sin, it's going where? So it's not like this is cheap or free. Every day that you sin, that's putting who on the cross? God. Yeah. Ouch. What if you did that to me? Every day you sin, Mr. D gets whipped on the back with a big bloody whip. Would you be able to sin? Could you sin every day? Yeah, you could. You don't get whipped. I do. Someone's paying for that sin. That's why there's justice. But do you still get to sin all day long? Yeah, yeah but I get what? Yeah. You might want to consider that. Is that when we watch the crucifixion, Jesus took the punishment for your sin. Are you allowed to sin? Oh, yeah. It's just someone's paying for it. <laughs> Fair enough? That's, and actually, that's a little different than Islam. Either you have to pay for it or mercy and no one pays for it. That's why I struggle with that a little bit. Is there's, there's mercy, which is great, but what about the justice, right? See, for everybody's sin, Jesus pays for it. Not free. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, which then makes me want to stay alive. And wow, God's awesome. <laughs> He's paying for my sin. He died so that I can keep living. I want to do the best I can with this life. You guys are awesome. Let's do this. Let's finish up today's lesson on this page at least. Right? See why we have a whole other semester to talk about this stuff? <laughs> so everybody go to the bottom of page 95. We heard him say it on the screen here. If mere Christianity is like a hall out of which doors open into several rooms, if I can bring anyone into that hall, I've done what I've attempted. C.S. Lewis wants to try and get as many people inside the door. There's a song by Big Daddy Weave. It's called A Big Big House. He's like, it's a big, big house with lots and lots of rooms. Right? I love that metaphor. This is one of my favorite metaphors. Ready? Imagine going to a big castle or like Downton Abbey or some big, huge house. Right? And you go inside, there's a big old family. And it's an awesome family. It's a castle, and all you got to do to get inside that castle, there's a special room just for you, and you get to be part of the family. Who's the door? Jesus. You trust in Jesus. This is what we talked about. You trust him, believe him, trust him, put him on your trust list, and you get to go where? Inside the door. You're part of the family now. You're in. That's what Lewis, that's what Mr. D, that's what we're trying to do is get you to trust in Jesus and to become part of the family. The problem is, is that once you're inside the door, do you want to just sleep in the foyer? No, where do you, where do you want to go? You want to go to your room. You want to go to the living room and play games and hang out. You want to go to the backyard and play with your brothers and sisters. 
When it's dinner time, what do you do? Eat. You all come down to the table and you eat dinner together, right? Jesus says, when you believe in me, you become part of my family. Which is why, anybody heard of the monks and nuns? What do they call each other? Sisters. Brothers and sisters. We, I think we should do that still. Yeah. Brothers and sisters of Jesus. We're one big family. Sadly, in Christianity, when all of the denominations, just not put our stuff away, we still have 10 minutes. When all of the denominations from all over the world come together, Catholics, Protestants, Baptists, whatever, when they all come together to the table of communion, the dinner table, how's family dinner time? It's okay, but does everybody get along real well? Yeah, a lot of people argue if I in Ireland, what were the Protestants and Catholics doing for 40 years ago and even they were killing each other. These are family. Has anybody I want to want to see your hands. Has anybody especially for you guys, have you ever been to someone's house? Don't say the name. Has you ever been to someone's house and you're at dinner and you hear like the mom and dad arguing in the other room oh, yeah. or upstairs there's yelling and fighting. What's that dinner like? Awkward. Anybody ever that awkward dinner? Like, pass the potatoes, please. Uh, get me out of here, mom. Can we get me? You know, like, ah. Right? Like, you're at a friend's house, and the family is arguing and fighting. And C.S. Lewis is saying, in the Christian family, with the hypocrisy and the fighting and denominations hating each other and yelling at each other, it makes the Christian family dinner table really what? Awkward. Awkward. We're a really dysfunctional family. Right? And so he's like, I want us as Christians to love each other. What can we agree on? What can we communicate on? How can we fight the enemy of this world, not each other? Right? I was from a big family. There were nine kids in my family. I love telling this story. You might have read about it in the little textbook. Right? But my brother Sam, he has a PhD and an MD, and was valedictorian at every school he went to. MD, medical doctor, Ooh. and he has a PhD in math. Ooh. Dude's genius. He's brilliant, What's right? That's a, That's a, a doctoral degree. Uh-huh. So he's got his doctorate. So ready? He had a room right across the hall from me. You walk in his room, his socks were all organized. His clothes were organized by color. His shirts were all folded. His bed was tucked in and made every day. He had, I think, one picture on the wall of a lion and a lamb. And he played quiet classical music, right? When you walked across the hall to my bedroom, what did it look like? What do you think it looked like, right? I covered the wall. I had climbing holds on the wall. I had a pile of laundry on the foot of my bed that I think was clean. And then a pile in my closet that was dirty. Like, right? Like, my room was crazy. Me too. Yeah, there you go. Right? Amen, brother. And I listened to crazy music and I had fun. But my brother Sam and I, we love each other. We go down to dinner, we eat dinner together, we were good friends. Do we have to have the same room? No. Do we have to like the same music? No. Do we have to do things the same way? No. So is it okay to have a church where at some churches we're all like dancing and worshiping loud and you go to Africa and everybody's like, whoa, crazy church, right? Is that okay? Yeah. yeah, and can you go to church downtown and it's quiet and it's hymns and it's quiet, is that okay? Yeah. Some churches have lots of decorations. Some people have stained glass windows. Some people have nice and quiet. They don't want to be distracted. Is that okay? So denominations aren't bad. Decorating your room isn't, decorating different isn't bad. Different worship isn't bad. It's just when we hate each other, 
and we don't love each other and we can't get along, that's the problem. Does that make sense? And so one of the problems with Christianity that C.S. Lewis notes is, if you trust in Jesus, you're what? You're in the door. You're part of the family. You don't even have to go to church. And you're still part of the family. And so Christians need to start with at least loving each other, right? And how good are we at doing that? We're not very good at loving each other, let alone loving people who aren't Christians. <laughs> and so that's why Jesus says the first thing you do if you're going to follow me and believe in me is A, ready? Believe that I saved you. You're part of the family. You're in forever. The second thing to do, a new command I give you. Anybody know what he says? A new command I give you. Love one another. That's why I started this class with what? Do you guys remember? 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. It says you will know we are Christians by going to church. No, you'll know we are Christians by being nice. No. no, you'll know we are Christians by giving to the poor. You'll know we are Christians by being right in your theology. <laughs> no, it says you will know we are Christians by our faith. love. Not even by our faith. You'll know we are Christians by our love. That dude who spoke in chapel, what did he say? The most important thing to do. Love, 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 love. Because I'll let God take care of making Christians out of people. I'm going to focus on loving. Does that make sense? So I would challenge you, A, if you've never believed and you want to believe, this class is about giving you that option. And hopefully you're learning more and more good reasons to do so. Not just like blind faith, but actually it makes sense. It's a, it's a good reason. It's a good choice to make. You don't have to, but I hope you do that. The other thing, though, is if you're a Christian or not, the most important thing to do is what? Love. If you're going to be a Christian, what do you have to do? <laughs> We've got to learn to love each other. Love, love, love. It's not about being right all the time. It's not necessarily about having all the perfect behavior or the perfect house. But we get to love each other and love people. That's what it means to be a Christian. God loves me. I get to love other people. That's a reason to stay in the cave. It's a reason to stay alive and not kill myself. But the beauty of it is, is that by knowing that I'm saved, I get to go to heaven forever. I don't have to work my butt off to earn it. I don't have to be afraid of going to hell. I don't have to worry about messing up, right, Sia? Mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about messing up anymore. I still get to go to heaven. It's a pretty sweet deal. Whew, that was a lot of talking during class. You guys did an amazing job. I want to give you guys, give yourselves a round of applause. <laughs> Listening to each other. You asked awesome questions. We didn't answer all of them fully yet, but we have a whole other week and a whole other semester. But hopefully you see why we've worked really, really hard to study these worldviews, because I want you to see the other options, right? And there are other options. The reason why I pick Christianity is because it's the best option. I've really thought it through. Kind of like C.S. Lewis and G.K. Chesterton. All right. Well, here's the scoop. Tomorrow you get to watch, or Friday you get to watch the rest of that video, okay? So you'll learn a little bit more about C.S. Lewis, all right? And then I want you to read John, the good news, the Gospel of John. All right? Don't miss out on that. 
You could also keep reading Mere Christianity. If you look on page 96, this argument is the argument for the existence of this loving God. It's logic. It's math. It makes sense. We never talk about Jesus. We never talk about the Bible. In Romans, I just listened to it this morning. In Romans, it says that those who've never heard about God have a morality unto have a morality unto themselves and they don't even keep that own morality so therefore they're a law unto themselves and they are without excuse so what we're going to talk about did everybody on the planet Christian or not Bible or not missionaries or not still has a chance to figure this out if they take a few minutes and think it through all right that's what you were reading Please come with questions on why it might or might not work for you so we could do this again and keep chipping away at it, okay? Awesome job. I think we're done. You guys were amazing. Well done. I wish I had mints for you. I don't. Do we have those little, can we do the, let's celebrate with some little muffins, right? Let's give it up for Nick. We got muffins to celebrate. All right. Yeah. So for my final, I want to video a video. I think doing a video okay. is a great idea. You would probably make an awesome so, video. Uh, the video, but you know, yeah. what I find find of theism is only that's basically the anime is talking about a world outside God leave us. Yes. So the people cannot die. So it's basically talking about that. That's it. Like Monday, there's nothing, and Tuesday, you know. Okay. But it's, the name is Sunday Without God. Alright. Can I do it? Yeah. Do you want to do that? Yeah. And then write about it? Yeah, yeah I'll write about Connected with the class? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. That's good. Bye, guys. You are awesome.